I think sometimes it's really crucial to have a feeling for the hotel as well. You can make the biggest theory and they can explain you all and then, but if you see it operationally or if I go sometimes to a hotel, it is so important. Then you have these moments which I personally love so much when they look at you it's like, I did not know that. <laughs> yes. Great, now you know. And it's like, oh my God, that makes my life so much easier. These are the moments I live for. Hey y'all, how we doing? We are back for another episode of Hospitable. Coming to you today from New York and London. Uh, I've got a wonderful guest, Claudia Meglin. Uh, she is the director of CMC Hospitality Software Group. Uh, she's also the global director of systems and training at Generator, the Freehand Hotels, uh, which um, super cool. And I've uh, been to a few of the Freehand bars uh, in New York City. Um, but you're sitting in London. I'm sitting in New York City today. I know we've been trying hard to have a beer together and get in person, but we'll do that next year. I promise when I'm, when I'm swinging through uh, London, unfortunately with the end of the year and all this stuff, we just couldn't make it work. But Claudia, so, so wonderful to have you on the podcast and thank you for joining. Well, thank you so much for having me. And this beer, definitely we need to have it because Keys actually promised to have beers in your podcast. I think yeah. uh, that will bring the little sprinkle towards <laughs> it. <laughs> so the next time yes. we make it. For, for sure. And for the listeners out there, Claudia was telling a story as we were, you know, talking beforehand, just kind of catching up. Um, so Claudia also works for Freehand Hotels. There is Freehand Hotels here in New York City. So she calls the New York City and is like, hey, can we, do we have any branded beer cans or whatever that we can send over? And, you know, at the time of this recording, it's 9 a.m. for me. And if you had sent me beer, I would have been drinking on this podcast with you at 9 a.m. on a Thursday. Not even that a question. <laughs> That so was the plan, but it was a bit short notice. Sorry for that. Yeah. Next time. Hey, you know what? Next time. We, we know that we're going to have a lot of fun and a few pints soon. So, uh, Claudia, thanks for coming on. You know, you've had an amazing kind of trajectory. You've been in this space um, for a while and the kind of, um, you know, working as, as a, you know, opera and micros and, and working at Pitta Hotels and now Global Generator and also running your own hospitality software uh, business. So, Talk to me a little bit. Give me your kind of high-level two-minute overview. Who is Claudia and how did the hell did you get into hospitality uh, industry? Yeah. Well, actually, um, it's uh, it was very interesting right from the start. I had to choose between, or when I was young, I chose between either hospitality or physiotherapy, which is literally the same, <laughs> really. But <laughs> that was the two choices, right? And um, at a certain stage, um, I come from a very countryside uh, part of Germany, Bavarian forest, close to Munich, a lot of um, individual family hotels. And I decided to go for the hospitality, started my career with IHG. In Germany, we have a fantastic um, training program. So three years, you learn hospitality inside out. On your first day in hospitality, you're not going to clean the guest toilets. No, I cleaned the staff toilets on my day number one in hospitality. <laughs> <laughs> and then you kind of go through all the departments, which was super, super interesting. And I decided to settle after that three years um, towards reception, rooms division. And then I moved on. I've been in Dubai for two years for hotel opening. Interestingly, uh, that was really great. And came back to Germany, went through different um, parts, reservation, front of house, and so on. 
And all of a sudden, and please don't ask me, it must have been like a, a boring Sunday afternoon. Um, I did so many hotel openings in the time and there have been these opera people and they were actually coming and tell me how to configure the software and then they go to the restaurant, they have a nice deal on the house, they go out and explore the city and I said, that's a fantastic job, I want to do that. <laughs> so I applied with my Chris Fidelio the old days and I became an opera installer and changed the site and um, after I met Penta, I came back to the hospitality side because I was a little bit missing the family side of being in hospitality um, and uh, after I came to Generator. So the journey has just been gone on, but I just switched the side to really specify myself on hospitality mm -hmm. is software in, in particular and um, mainly the property management system, but every system which obviously communicates, API integrates, whether I'm made aware or not. Um, so that's kind of my daily business. And um, I had a super, super exciting last year with opening my own um, company because Generator and Freehand have like a very fortunate situation to have a person like me taking care of all their systems. Um, and I realized a lot of smaller organizations, they don't have that. And I could help them to figure out, is their tech stack right? Are they doing the right things? Is everything correctly configured? Mm -hmm. um, so that's what I do for CMC Hospitality. I have a lot of different clients, which is amazing. I see different operations, different software. I come a little bit back to Opera, but I do a lot of Muse as well. And uh, recently became even an official Muse implementation partner, which is also fantastic. So I'm going to do support Muse and some of their onboardings, um, which is really exciting too. It's been extremely crazy two years. Yeah. <laughs> really. Yeah, it has. Sounds like it. And it's really cool. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, your your experience with the different systems and doing that is is amazing and, and, and kind of that's how, you know, Omniboost, right? <laughs> with, with all of our systems and connecting. And, you know, it is interesting because, you know, I love that you, you talk about coming from, you know, Bavaria, actually one of, I have um, a lot of love for Bavaria because I got to spend a Christmas in Munich and do all the Christmas markets and, and all those things when I was living abroad in Italy. So um absolutely loved it. And um, actually got my glue vine um, cups huh. sitting up over here. I was just about to ask. <laughs> oh, trust me. We drank plenty of glue vine and, and um, like our tree behind me has uh, it's it's all of our ornaments like travel memories, right? So everywhere we travel, it's mm -hmm. somewhere we write the year uh, that we did it. So there's a few, uh, you know, Germany ones from when we spent uh, Christmas in Munich, which was was amazing. Um, but you know, talking about the hotel space, you have kind of the the big hotel chains and brands. Like you start an IHG, right? Working on opera systems, these usually bigger hotels, but also you started. And love that kind of uh, family boutique hotels. Uh, as you look at kind of the landscape of 2023 going to 2024, what do you see as sort of big differences between like independently operated, more boutique brands versus the, these big chains? And why do you tend to like more of the boutiques, right? And I know I know Freehand is is quite larger, but they have a boutique feel to them. They don't try to be, you know, they're not um, stock same thing there's a boutique feel to it. at least the one in new york for me is very it feels boutique-y in its own new york way you know oh 100 it's such a it's such a great brand and it has such a cool vibe and you can do so many things with it and i think as a boutique brand or a smaller organization you just have ways more liberties 
um, to operate. The major difference I would see between, let's call them the big boys, the big chains, they um, have started to set up their tech softwares in a long time ago, and then they have been hospitality. We've, we operate a lot under the umbrella of never change a winning system or never mm-hmm. change a running system. Um, and that what happened in hospitality for such a long time. It, it worked. You had your memberships, which is obviously a crucial part for chain hospitality is their membership part. And it is very tough to replicate that maybe within later newer technology. So um, that makes it very challenging. Whilst if you have a vibrant, cool, hip brand with, you know, smaller um, hotels or not so many hotels in the chain, then you can do way cooler things. You can push in different directions. You can do a little bit more try and error, which I think is a really cool thing to do nowadays on the hospitality market. You have marketplaces, you have integration partners. You try something out, it doesn't work. And you're like, or it doesn't, let's not say it doesn't work because that might be unfair, but mm-hmm. let's say it doesn't work the way you expect it. You just try another provider because there are plenty out there, right? Mm-hmm. And you have this liberty if you have a smaller organization, but if you're a chain if, and you implement something, you better make sure that works. <laughs> that mm-hmm. works the way you expect it. And this is why this is like moving a tank rather than um, having a little sports car just flipping around right yeah. uh, in, yeah. in the industry. I think that's the major difference. Yeah, I love that. And, and so true. I mean, you know, adaptability and speed is everything. Uh, and, and that makes a big difference in how the size and scale. So, you know, you started your own business uh, to help work with some of these smaller, you know, companies. What is it um, that excites you, gets you out of bed every day to work with, you know, these smaller brands and, 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 and help them understand the right tech stack? It's so interesting because it, ha- it has so many different facets. So you go to different clients and every, um, every organization has different needs. And I think that is what makes hospitality so special and that what makes my job so special as well, because um, I have clients as a resort hotel in Ibiza, and I have a client who is a chain organization uh, on opera with a Marriott franchise. And I have a client which is a villa. They only have one villa, like a massive villa with five bedrooms. Um, and they're using news as well, and you're trying to help them. So to figure out their operations and to see... Mm-hmm how they operate their hotel or chain, and then to find a way to replicate it in the software, that the software is actually working seamlessly for them, effortlessly, um, that they can take away administrative work to automate processes as much as possible. Um, That actually gets me out of my bed every morning trying to, (laughs) to really help them. And sometimes if they have found their tech stack already, it's sometimes as well the matter of just looking into that if it has been configured the right way because it does happen that you have, you know, the system's getting messier. If you use it for a longer time, then you need to clean it up. And all these, all these parts are playing a major role. And, and I don't know why that excites me so much. It just happened to be in my life. <laughs> I love it. I mean... Sometimes we don't understand what excites us. I mean, heck, Omniboost built a business on this, right? Um, helping connectivity and giving you know more time back to humans to be creative in their jobs. And 
you know, this, the idea of this podcast, right, is how to make hospitality more human through technology. Yeah. What are the things that we can do with technology to allow more of that human interaction that you expect and want when you go travel? Yeah. And so I think it's fun to understand how those things work together. And as you said, there's so many different systems, but not all the time do those systems like to play nice in the sandbox. And that's, you got to figure out how to connect them and how to configure them and how to make them automated better so that everything is clean and you're getting, like as you said, gets messy over time. How do we, how do we make that smoother, easier and not have issues at the end of the year or, you know, so on and so forth. So super fun. Um, it sounds, you know, having clients in all over the world and, you know, Ibiza and things like that. I mean, hopefully you get to go visit and travel a little bit because yeah. uh, that sounds, uh, <laughs> doesn't sound like it sucks at all. <laughs> yeah, you know, there, this is that little downside of since COVID, you can do a lot of things remotely and I, you definitely can. Um, I do travel, of course, and I, I visit my clients because I think sometimes it's really crucial to have a feeling for the hotel as well. You can make the biggest theory and they can explain you all and then, but if you see it operationally, or if I go sometimes to a hotel, it is so important. I, if I just stand behind the reception desk and I watch them, the reception team for, you know, maybe a couple of minutes, 30 minutes max, I can already tell where they have issues or where they're not using the software the way they're supposed to use it. And then you can tweak it and a lot of times it's like missing trainings or then you have these moments, which I personally love so much when they look at you, it's like, I did not know that. <laughs> yes. Great. Now, you know, and it's like, Oh my God, that makes my life so much easier. These are the moments I live for. <laughs> and that's the whole point of right. The software and, and, and things like that. So that's amazing. Yeah. Um, as we look at 2024, you know, you're in your role at freehand and, generator and then also with the clients that you have you know we're looking at 2024 it's gonna be an interesting year i think uh in this space uh everyone's trying to figure out how do we do things smoother you know we more digital natives are traveling or kind of getting into that workforce at gen z starting to travel more for work what are some of the big trends that you're seeing in 2024 from a systems type of perspective that uh hotels need to be either doing paying attention to or already starting to do that you're going to see is like a big trend uh, for next year? I think a big trend is or for most of my clients personally, I'm, I'm working for, they are looking at improving their guest experience. And a lot of times, and, and that comes from different angles, uh, a lot of times it could be to actually remove or redo actually your check-in area, which is the arriving area for the guests into your property. It's like ripping off the reception, go away with the classic um, reception desk, put in like either kiosks to check in or maybe just a QR code where you can download something and then you can, you know, process your check-in and you have somebody in the lobby who actually supports you with but also gives you uh, a nicer guest experience. When, when I say that, I mean, especially for Generator and Freehand, we have this big theme. Uh, we are in the most popular places you can be in Europe or even in America. Um, and what we want or encourage our team is if a guest asks you what to do in Los Angeles or what to do in Berlin, don't tell them to do the obvious. Don't tell them, you know, to uh, go to the most obvious touristical place. Tell them where you go on a Saturday 
to spend your day and how to have a fun day. And the entire aim most of the time is to really make or provide an experience to the guests. So they're walking out of your property and they're not saying, oh, I had a great weekend in Los Angeles or I had a great weekend in Berlin. No, they should go out and say, I had an amazing experience. This is what you're looking for. Um, so I believe this is coming. Yeah. I, was, I love that so much. Like I'm the same person. Like I go in and I'm like, if you tell me, like you could have your little trip advisor, little sign. If you tell me what I can Google, like you tell me somewhere I can go Google. I was like, no, no, I want that. Like, like I want that local place and feel. And yeah. I love that so much because experiences are everything right now. But look, if I would visit you in New York and you would, you know, take the day with me, you would not bring me to the most obvious points. You would bring me to your most favorite points. It's the yeah. same if you would come to me to London we wouldn't do the most obvious. No, we would go to the really coolest places I've, ex I've experienced to provide you with that experience. And that's what we're trying to tell the teams to say, like, look, give that, like, behave like a friend would visit you and you would give yeah. them a suggestion what to do. So I think that just creates a complete different environment for the guest as well, makes it a little bit more familiar. Um, so they are feeling cozy. Um, and then if the technology, you know, you need to have time to do that with your guests. So the technology actually needs to cover the boring administrative thing. And, you know, you can do that all whilst the guest is just typing in their details on a tablet and signing their registration card digitally. And it's saved to the guest profile. And then maybe they receive their key on their on their phone um, and they just go up to the room and that was it. And in the meantime, they've actually had an amazing conversation with somebody from the hotel team. So yeah. that's what we're trying to train and push because sometimes that doesn't come naturally, obviously. So uh, it needs, it's a bit of a training we are looking for. So it's the guest experience. Um, I think that will come more and more to revamp your front office check-in areas um, to make them cooler and nicer. That would be a big focus for next year for a lot of my clients. I love that. So my wife's an interior designer for an Italian architect here in huh, New York City. Might call her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's funny because she just um, did a couple of properties, one in New York and one in Alexandria. And when you walk in, the actual reception desk is hidden. You actually can't see it. So yeah. uh, because they want you to like feel the space and look and feel, and then you have kind of the, you know, the, the nice check-in and they make it really smooth. You, you actually can't even see any of the computers. It's super clean. But yeah. they're able to easily knock everything out and then have that conversation with you. And it's not like they're looking at a computer talking like, you know, not looking at you. Their computer's down here. You can't see what they're doing because they can look you in the eye and have that conversation. That was something that the hotel really wanted was that, that experience. So I love that they're talking about that stuff because that's what I'm hearing from her as well. Like they're getting a lot of calls to, to redesign the front of the, the experience that that moment you walk in. And I think it's really interesting as we look at 2024, right, with the, the guest experience and, you know, digital natives who want everything on their phone, but there's still those travelers that want that um, specific human touch, right? Yeah. They want to go check in. They want to have somebody help them. They want to be taken care of. They don't want to have to, like, scan a QR code. Uh, they, they want everything to be, you know, tangible, analog. Um, how do brands deal with, you know, and maybe it's just in their branding, but how do they deal with like the digital native versus, you know, the, the little bit of older generation that still wants that kind of high touch um, experience? Yeah. 
I think it, it really comes with what kind of brand uh, the organization is and what's your guest clientele. So if you talk about brands like Generator or Freehand or anything, which is like in this hybrid hostel, uh, social hub, you know, area kind of these organizations, they are they have these people they don't really need to worry about the coolest things they can find on the market. You do it, you will be fine. They're good. Um, but if you are like more classic, three, four, four star hotel and you have a clientele which does come with an expectation and you have also travelers, you have to imagine they are not traveling every every month. They might travel uh, every once or twice a year. They come into a hotel for them. It's just totally normal that you go into the hotel, you have a reception, you check in, you ask, where can I park? Uh, where can I go? And so on. And where's the restaurant? How long it's open? So it's totally standard for them. I think it's a little bit of, um, there's so many technology out there which can help you. If you still want to go with like, let's say the more natural approach towards it, you could still make it a bit more automated and you can still make it um, uh, into, or bring it into the new technology world whilst having like maybe a registration card, which is digital. So the guest doesn't need to fit in a piece of paper. And then somebody or the night ordered these poor people stood in a lot of hotels till today, sitting every night and typing all the information from a registration card in the computer. That still happens. <laughs> so you mm -hmm. can just take, you know, smaller approaches, not go with the latest funky tech. There is also tech which can help like a digital registration card, which helps a lot to save time. Um, and you should always be prepared, uh, but for emergency situations anyways, you should always be prepared like to cut a, a normal key rather than uh, just giving digital keys out and expect that everybody will understand. Because it happened to me as well in some hotels. I was standing, and I come from this technology. I've tried so many of those and it happened to me. I was standing in front of a door like it's like, okay, how does that work now? <laughs> <laughs> so if you're not very familiar with that, do you need to touch it? Don't you need to touch it? Does yeah. that all go automatic? You know, if you don't know, then it is a bit more complicated. And I think we need to be careful depending on which organization or type of hotel you are. But whatever it is, there is always something which can help you out and use technology to free up time for your people at the desk. Yeah, I, I, I love that. I think that's... Um... So unique. And it's actually kind of funny because I was at a, um, a hotel and spa and you had a, a wrist bracelet and, you know, you touch, touch to get in, but because the way the wrist bracelet, unless you got it full surface contact, it wasn't like a kind of like a, you know, some of those cards you can kind of tap on versus the card you have to do yeah. the full thing. And so it was kind of like, it was nice, but at the same point, like I would be like carrying food or something and I couldn't, I, you know, I had to like the whole thing, a whole song and dance. And, and, it didn't actually negatively affect the experience that much, but it's yeah. one of those things where that should be a little bit more smoother, right? Like that easy tap, like you should be able to have it within a certain range versus needing to be right on there. And, and I think that that gap of that experience of like how people respond to that is widening as um, more digital hotels versus classic. And I think that's also part of your choice as a traveler, right? You, you know, which brands are going more digital and which Absolutely. was one to stay more classic. And so you kind of have to balance out what you expect in that guest experience and walking in. And as a guest, right? Cause a lot of people are back to traveling. There was, there's a lot of people that haven't traveled in a while. Understand that a guest experience has changed in a, in a, in a positive way, but also in a way that might confuse you. And yeah. I think for everyone out there listening. For a 
searching for a reception if there is not like what yeah, happened so here. Yeah, sometimes you're like, what? <laughs> I don't know. Where, where am I? And there's like a bunch of computers in the, you know. Yeah. Um, so you just have to understand that. And, and it was funny because this actually happened to me in Sweden. I was up in the, up north in Sweden in Umia. And uh, in the hotel, they had three different big restaurants. So the check-in, you have to walk past like the market. There's like the market, um, a nice restaurant here, the bar, and then another kind of restaurant in the back. And the check-in is like past all of that. And oh. there's no one there. So okay. it's a digital check-in. It was super nice. But they, they had a sign. It was like, are you checking in? And they had the arrow. And then like if there's a number you could call if you had a question. And for some reason my registration wasn't being found. So I called and they walk you back to this cute little office. Um, and we sat down and she's like, Oh yeah, here you go. Boom, boom, boom. And they got me up and they walked me upstairs. So it was super, super nice. It was kind of fun. kind of a fun experience. I walk in, I was like, is this my hotel? Like people yeah. were having dinner and I kind of just like, oh, I'll just walk around and ask. It was, it was super cool, but you don't know. And you walk in, you're like, I'm in the wrong place. Versus like, yeah. I walk in like, I know I'm in the right place. I just got to find it. I think that's yeah. um, such a unique experience. And I, and I love that you talk about guest experience. I've heard a lot of people talking about guest experience. And I think that's something that hotels really need to understand next year, but also travelers. Travelers need to understand that if you want a certain experience, you also have to put in some research to find the brands and hotels to give you that experience. Because they are also, it's not every hotel is a hotel like it used to be. Hotels have unique, eclectic Funkiness, especially the independent hoteliers, and that's what that's why we stay there. That's why we like these boutiques. That's why we like those experiences. And so, making sure that you know travelers understand how to search for that and understand what brands are doing what. So, Absolutely, I think a lot, there will be still a lot of travelers. They just go on purpose to say, "Okay, I just want to have a weekend away. I don't really bother where I sleep." Um, yeah. And they might go for you know, the obvious they used to. But then you have these travelers to say, okay, I want to go, let's say, to Paris this weekend and I really want to have an experience. So they would look out and then you need to make sure as a hotelier, obviously, to have the right content out there, to have the right pictures out there, to have the, the funky and catchy stuff to actually really grab that people and say, here we are, this is what we do. We're going to give you that experience and you should make that all, already with your pictures and your web um, um, publications. So that I think that yeah. would, that's very important. So as you're working with these clients and both at Generator Freehand and on your own, what are you training them on for next year? Like, you know, we talk about guest experience is kind of the big trend. What are some of the big initiatives that you're really, you're working with them on training and saying, hey, these are types of systems, but here's how you need to implement those systems. Here's how you need to train. Like, what are some of the trends that you're running into or what are the things that you're really working on next year and getting people ready to rock for 2024 travel yeah that unfortunately is not so exciting because we're still catching up after covid i think in literally every organization so it was a big shake up and a lot of experience have been lost so sometimes you really start from scratch you have a lot of new people they came in sometimes there have been handover missings so it will be really a lot of going back to basics. And you have a lot of organizations, they do offer online trainings and online programs. Um, so make sure that everybody's been through the online programs. Um, and what I was looking for in specific or in particular uh, from a training perspective, um, I think for a lot of organizations, it makes total sense to have champions on site in the software. 
Um, so uh, with Generator, I've done that last year, or maybe even two years ago, we made like a, a champions program. It was like a, an online training uh, with me and we walked through and we made like very, very specific training points, um, even something in configuration where the hotels would learn how to help themselves in case they have to. And then we, you know, one day done, they got like a certificate and they're Muse champion. And I sent them a box with a lot of Muse merchandise um, that was fantastic and they all loved it. Um, but now, even though it was just one or two years, I can't really remember, to be honest, but I think half of the people are already gone. So, you know, sometimes it feels like spinning the wheel again um, and start from scratch. And for other clients, it's really sometimes going back to basic. So many new team members make sure that they actually do the trainings because they are operating and they've never done software trainings. And yeah. that shouldn't be the case. Like learning from somebody who is not also very experienced as well leads yeah. into a problem. So if whatever software it is, and all of them nowadays have trainings material available for online watching on demand, whenever feels comfortable and fits in, I would recommend everybody to make sure that everybody who works at the desk with the computer, with the software needs to be through that training session because otherwise it will turn up in a problem. Yeah. I love that kind of the back to basics. Um, Unfortunately. And, and was, yeah. But I think that's not a bad thing too, because when you look at some of the technology and the way it's changed, like if you talk to people who used to work, like, you know, front desk back in the old days with the old on-prem systems, you had all the hotkeys and like that knowledge got lost versus <laughs> a lot of yeah. the new technology. Now it's like simple clicks of a button. You don't need to learn 50 different hotkeys that get lost. If, if I leave tomorrow, it's like, you're making that system, removing that um, to make it smoother, easier. So it's one button and you're back to talking to the guests, right? We yeah. talk about that guest experience. So I think the technology has come a long way, you know, working with, uh, you know, we talk Muse here, you know, we have a lot of different partners um, on the PMS side and POS side oh. and accounting side. And, you know, what we love to do is help make that all smoother. And, 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 and how does that just turn on with a click of a button so that you don't have to think about all those things. I think the technology has come a long way as, as well to help make it. So I like that. This I like this idea of back to basics. I do think 2024 is going to be a very unique and interesting year in the hospitality space, specifically hotels. Yes. Um, as as some some of the a lot of the chains are, especially here in America, where there's still a lot of on prem old technology that is changing into the cloud. I think Europe has moved quicker to the cloud adoption um, for PMS. Um, system. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how those kind of changes happen um, wow. in 2024. Frankly speaking, I think 2023 in that sense kind of blew my mind a little bit. Uh, I was really surprised to see bigger organizations now actually taking that step and really go into a new time like Strawberry going um, with a new post provi PMS provider, and then you have bigger organizations. I mean, even Marriott is considering to get rid of Marsha. I can uh, that blew my mind. Like I could not believe it uh, <laughs> that they would ever come. Nobody would have ever believed that. So um, I think this is a really, really interesting point now that even the big organizations, and we talked about that in the beginning, right? It's very complicated for them to renew their tech stack, but somehow. Yeah they are now going into that space and it might have been COVID that they had time to research and find out and watch the space and 
maybe, you know, because usually you're always busy and it, it's a so, such a big effort. You can't imagine for a big organization yeah. to change the software is a nightmare. Um, and they're doing it now. And I, I'm super excited to see that. Um, um, and, and, and even coming more very likely. Yeah. To be honest, and I know I haven't been in the hospitality game for, for super long, but I think that the evolution of the POS and accounting side of things and the adoption of getting new POS systems in realized that the PMS system needed to be updated. <laughs> and so that's where this, I think, a big push is on a number of different systems, other systems that you need to run the hotel. And then you realize that the big main thing, the PMS, is the thing that's clunky. And I think having, having the time to take a step back and realize that, having a time to take a step back and research, having implemented the other things like, okay, we were able to do this smaller scale mm. on the POS side. We're able to do it with, uh, without as many maybe yeah. headaches as we thought. Um, it's going to be interesting. I, I think you're right. 2023 was very unique. You know, I stepped into this world fully in 2023. Mm. It was like, everything's changing. And I was like, wow, drinking from a fire hose. And now it's like, 2024, you know, I, I love that you bring up back to basics and guest experience because I've been talking to a lot of different people through this podcast and through my role at Omniboost and everyone's saying the same thing. And it's how do we simplify process to bring it back to the basics? How do we let technology do the work for us? Because we yeah. started creating all this technology. We're laying on top of each other. It's like, this helps you do this thing. You got to switch to this system, do this thing. And this system, do this thing. Why can't one system do it all? Right. Um, yeah, so it's going to be interesting yeah. and it's exciting. It's exciting space. And this is what I think is exciting about the space, right? It's just that there's all these things happening all at once. And it's also never slow. I don't like, is there a slow time in hospitality? Is it ever not really yeah. kind of like a busy season? <laughs> <laughs> it's actually, well, it depends on your organization, but yes, there is usually you always have a low season, but that's actually the time when you're actually happy to breathe because you know, it's not going to last long. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, I think COVID that's, that's why I think that would be a big or good reason during COVID people had time, they had time to research, they had time to investigate into software where you're usually doing a normal operations. You don't have much time to really do that. And that might be a reason why now there is a lot of changes coming across. It took a little bit of time, you know, recovering money and getting in budgets. And um, now it's a good time to, to really rock and roll and get the, the changes over and, and go on to that. And I just want to say one more thing to what you said, making the systems work for you. You know, everybody talks about AI and I, I love it and I, I, I do use it. But I, for me, I'm waiting now in 2024 if that would actually seriously and effectively help my daily work. So how can we actually bring it into a stage um, that it's not just a fun tool to play with, but also to help me um, do my things? I'm not saying that because I use ChatGPT a lot, like a lot yeah. um, for a lot of different things. And it does help me. It's just in a sense, like I can imagine that if this is getting better and I think it will get even more practical and more reliable in the next maybe half a year, what that can do I'm really excited to say. Yeah, me as well. And, you know, we're playing around with some different, you know, we're an automation company, right? That's what I'm used to as we're playing around with some different uh, fun things that we're testing out as well. Um, so like, we're excited about that as well. And, you know, it's funny, uh, it was interesting. We had, um, you know, uh, a lawyer uh, from Eversheds on talking about data privacy and AI and that one of the things that will be interesting for hospitality as generative AI becomes a bigger piece and all this data flow is making sure that all that data is protected and that um, systems are 
uh, being built with standards in mind, thinking about data privacy, um, so on and so forth. So I think that 2024 is going to be an explosive year with really cool new ideas. How do we mold those into the environment? Because when you travel, the information you need to travel, it's very personal information, right? So you need to make sure that's protected and, and, and all those things. So I'm, you know, we're, we're having a little fun with it and we're testing some stuff out. Yeah. It's super exciting. And so I love that you share that. And it's going to be really interesting too for you uh, and for us to like learn from each other and the fact that you're yeah. out there doing it in, a, in similar but different ways, which is why you know, it makes sense for us to be partnered together. And, and I never asked the question, and we've talked like three or four times, how did you find Omniboost or how did you get connected to, to Case and Peter and, and the teams at Omniboost? Because they're yeah. like, hey, because I remember when I started the podcast, like, hey, you know who you need to have on? You need to have Claudia. Claudia is amazing. Like, we need to introduce you to Claudia. I was like, let's go. And then you and I had a great <laughs> conversation. I don't think I yeah. ever asked how you met Case and team. Yeah, that's true. Um, actually, we've met via um, the Muse installation by the time uh, when Generator installed Muse, and that's like six years ago, very in the beginning. And we were, not going to lie, struggling with the finance integration make it all work and Muse not doing end of days and you need to bring your finance data in the right way that finance system understands. So uh, we actually were like in the beginning, we, we were so much struggling that we had to get Keys involved. And by that time, Omnibus was very smaller than it is now as well. So obviously Keys was like all hands on and uh, coming into our meetings. And this is how we met. And then we had a very funny interview. I will never forget. Um, I've done this with them. Um, I think it was on WTM a couple of years ago and they did an interview and we did it in the big hall and the sound was so bad that they actually had to um, re-record my voice and then I had a Dutch accent and I was laughing like hell when I saw that interview the first time. <laughs> you need to check it. Uh, there is a, it's somewhere on YouTube. There is an interview with Omniboost and me in a hall. And then you have, I have, I have undertitled, I'm undertitled and I have a Dutch voice. Oh my goodness. That's hilarious. I will, really. I will go look it up right after this. Don't <laughs> even worry. Um, and that's awesome. Like I, I, I forget that Generator is like an OG, like original customer. Yeah. And the funny thing is six years later, Omniboost has grown a lot and Case is still, sometimes I have to like pull it back because he'll jump in and he'll get all excited and want to be all hands on. I'm like, Case, like, that's what we're here for. We got a team for this. Like, <laughs> he gets so excited to like, yeah, and that's what he does best, right? Like that's like, you, you know, for those out there listening, if you don't know Case, go check his interviews that we've had, like, yeah. He gets so excited about problem solving and thinking creatively and, and, and coming up with new solutions. Like he just, he, yeah. wa he wants to be involved in hearing a problem back. We can build that. We can fix that. We can do that. It's, it's amazing. I think it's his mentality because we had so many problems in the beginning. And then I always called Keys and I said, Keys, I got a problem. And he's like, okay, tell me. And then I said, you can fix it, right? And he's like, I will never say no to you. Of course I can fix it. So, <laughs> <laughs> and this is literally how the relationship started. And, so whenever I have a problem now, I just call him and he cannot say no because he told me one day he will never say no to me. So yeah, <laughs> here we are. <laughs> here we are. Well, I love it. And, and, you know, it's exciting to see what you're doing. And, and I love that um, you get to have an amazing opportunity with Generator and, you know, really taking that experience, but also launching your own business uh, and helping those who don't maybe have the organizational size to have that in the part of their structure to still have that. I think that's really cool and really excited to see what you do in 2024. And obviously, I'm sure we'll be 
in touch as, as you do more things and need Omnibus help. So we're excited that you're a part of the Omnibus family and network and, um, you know, super excited that uh, we've had so much history together, um, yeah. even though it was pre my time. Um, but I know like that energy from Case that you bring, because, you know, I met Case almost four years ago now and uh, we met through a program and we I always joke, I tell people, he told me like right after he met me, we had a meeting and he's like, one day I'm going to hire you. Yeah, and three years later, he finally did it. Took him, took him a little while uh, to convince me, uh, but he did. And and you know, it's it's that mentality and mindset that really, um, you know, it's hard not to like him and and want to want to work with him. You know, I love the energy, but I love the energy of the entire company. You know, it's like such a technical focused company doing middleware is like sometimes not the most funkiest stuff, especially for finance software. But you, your people are just absolutely amazing. Um, so yes. whenever I deal with you guys, and we literally, whenever whenever I do an onboarding, I always um, need somebody from Omniboost. If it's finance, if it's pause, you know, there's always somebody needed from Omniboost. Yeah. And luckily, I know my people. <laughs> I skip. <laughs> yeah. I skip the queue. I know my people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it helps when it helps when you're one of the OGs and you know everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. You know, we started out as a middleware company. Now we're a platform, and it's amazing to see how far we've gone. Like, we, base layer, we still do integrations. We still help tie the loops, but it's fun to see how, you know, again, the systems and technology has changed, and that's why I love talking these trends. It's just like so much stuff that's going to come and changes to happen, and we're excited to be on that journey. And I think what makes Omnibus special is our energy and our willingness yeah. to serve, and just like you know, we're. We're a smaller company, 35. We're going to 50 people next year, but we still, and we, we're, we're fast as hell. We're, we're adaptable. Um, but, uh, you know, we're still, we're cranking and we're excited to, you know, step yeah, up in a big way in 2024. Expanding your product as well. So that's, yeah. and that's great and amazing to see. You know? team. We have an office in New York City now. We've got some team members here with <laughs> okay, me. So man. I'm no longer on an island figuratively and literally. So yeah, we've got some cool stuff happening and, and, um, it's all thanks to people like you and our network who believed in us from day one and, and gave us a chance to solve some problems. So I appreciate you for that. Excited to see uh, what you do. And I promise when I'm in London next, which is in a couple months, uh, we'll grab a beer and we'll also record some, some more like chilling content. We'll, we'll talk some travel stories, um, oh, yes. be some best and worst uh, in class, um, some travel stories over some beers. I think that'd be a fun episode and get a few other people from the London area and we'll uh, maybe do it at the hotel. If you mics yeah. going, get a few beers going, roll around. I Absolutely. think it'd be a little bit fun. I'm in, I'm in. I can't wait. Definitely. Awesome, Claudia. Well, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for joining. How do, um, how do people find you? Where should I direct them to? Where do they go to get in touch with LinkedIn. you? Hit me up on LinkedIn. Definitely. Excellent. I will make sure to link your LinkedIn profile in the show notes. All you got to do is click it. Um, I can tell you if you have any questions at all, Claudia is the person to go to. Even if it's just asking a simple question, she's got you. She is amazing. Uh, Claudia, once again, thank you so much. Have a wonderful holiday season. I will see you in 2024 for that beer. Yes, definitely. Can't wait. Merry Christmas to you. Thank you so much. Everyone out there, uh, please remember to be a tier one, like, subscribe, rate, review. All those things happen. Make this podcast is what it is and share it to the world. So thank you all out there for listening.